0: We have been in this series called Go and Make. Um, I want to start tonight by telling you guys a little story. This is a true story. Um, several years ago, about three years ago, I guess, we had a Sunday night event. Um, it was actually a baptism service we had out at Dennis's house. Um, actually, several members of our youth group, I was able to baptize. Uh, I think Canada. Montana, did you get baptized that night or no? No, but Canada did. You did? Okay, yeah. It was out at, at Dennis's house. Canada did. Tate, I think all three Thompson boys did. Did you get baptized that night too? Okay. Uh, Ronnie did, and I just remember Harley did because I had to, like, brace myself when I baptized Harley. It was in the pool, thankfully, but, yeah, I remember I was a little worried just because Harley's, you know, he's three bills. I mean, he's a big boy, so baptized Harley. But anyways, that night, after it was over, it was a Sunday night pastor dalton and i who was our pastor at the time most of y'all don't know him but we came back to the church to drop off like coolers you know we had we had coolers full of soda so we so we come back to the church to drop it all off so if you don't know our alarm pad is down here at the sanctuary end of the church that's where you have to set the alarm. So you have to come in and out of that entrance but we were putting the coolers in the kitchen at the opposite end so what we did was i came in by the alarm turned the alarm off and met him out by the kitchen which is pretty much par for the course so I walk through there, I meet him, we unload everything, I lock the door behind him, and I'm gonna walk through and reset the alarm. Well, I'm walking through the Pinner Hallway, which is kind of right under us here, Um, it's by where the nursery is now, the the Pinner Nursery, and I heard voices, and I was like, what the heck? And it's dark out, and y'all, I don't know if y'all know this, churches are creepy at night. I don't know, you wouldn't think. You'd think church would be where Jesus lives. Yeah, churches are creepy at night, all of them. I've been PK, I've been in churches my whole life. They're all creepy at night. And so when you're alone by yourself, it's weird. So I'm walking through, and I hear voices. And y'all know this isn't, you know, this neighborhood, there's some, some characters in this neighborhood. And so I was like a little freaked out. And I was I was presented in that moment with a choice. Do I, A, investigate, possibly confronting some person who might have bad intentions? You know, they might be robbing them. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I hear voices. So, or I leave, I set the alarm, and if the alarm goes off, the cops will show up, right? Like, those are my two options. And you guys probably know the answer. I chose the second option. I was like, I'm just going to set the alarm and figure it out. So, the next morning, Monday morning, I come up and uh, to figure out what in the world is going on, and I come up. And, and, and I came upstairs here, it was before we had this, this room ready or anything, it was less than several years ago, and this room down right here behind us has a TV in it, and somebody had left that TV on, and I was hearing the voices from the TV through the vents and stuff downstairs, and it scared the tar out of me. Now, here is the thing, if I had had someone with me, I might have gone and investigated, Right? Right? Because when you're alone, it's a lot harder to do things that might be difficult or outside your comfort zone. But when we have somebody with us, a lot of times we're a lot more willing to try something new or to investigate or to do something that's a little bit out of the ordinary for us. So with that in mind, let's watch this video clip. Okay, Sean, listen to me. If I'm going to go back to that creepy institution that I've been afraid to drive by since I was nine, there's going to be some rules and regulations. This is no time for funny... Listen, Sean. I will not enter room first. I will not enter room last. I will not investigate any suspicious noises or go looking for a fuse box. And you will not, under any circumstance, leave me by myself without a weapon of some sort. Do you understand and agree to my terms? I'm not prepared to negotiate. Do you, you understand, Sean? Yes, I do, yes. All right. Let's go help Juliet. Our timing is really starting to crackle. Whoa, 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 whoa. We made a deal, Sean! So Gus did not want to be left alone, right? That's the whole whole point of that clip is Gus freaking out about, you will not leave me alone. I will not investigate any rooms. You know, he's doing this whole thing because he doesn't want to be alone. Let's read our scripture that we've been in for three, four weeks now, Matthew 28. We're going to start in verse 19. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we have this task, which we've been talking about. Go tell people about Jesus. This is Jesus giving us the task. But we've been talking about each night, we've talked about the tools that God gave us, right? We talked the first night about how he gave us each other. And this isn't a, a a individual task this is something that God has asked us to do as a group and as a as the body of Christ and as a church so we have that going for us and then the second night we talked about um, anybody remember what we talked about the second week two weeks ago it was two weeks ago I don't know. We talked about authority two weeks ago, how God gave us the tool of the authority, right, with the guy with the cop badge we talked about, how that gives the authority. So tonight we're talking about how not only did God give us each other and give us authority, he gave us his own presence because fear is lessened when we have help. When we have help, we are less afraid of things. And not only do we have help, we have help from God, which is even better. As cool as it is to have each other, it's better. Wes, what are you doing? Besides distracting me. <laughs> so God tells us not to be afraid a lot. If you've read through the Bible, you've noticed there's several times where God says, don't be afraid or fear not. And here, I'm just going to give you a few of them here. Um, uh, Deuteronomy thirty-one six says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Uh, First Chronicles 28.20 says, David also said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous, again, those exact same words, and do the work. Do not be afraid of courageous, for the Lord my God is with you, okay? Uh, that's from like the third person perspective. Then from God's perspective, he says in Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear, for I am with you. God says that. And then in the Psalms, it actually puts it in first person for us, which is really cool. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are what? with me. God says, I am with you. Psalm 118, that's, yeah, Psalm one, eighteen, six. the Lord is what? With me, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So, so Psalm one, eighteen, six. he says, you know, what can humans do to me if I've got God with me? Another place in the, uh, in the Bible, it says, and you may have heard the song that we've sung a bunch of times with, it, it says, but if our God is for us, then who can stand against us or what can be against us? Yeah. So, not, so we have each other, but we also have God's presence on our side, which is so cool. That's amazing because it's one thing to have, uh, to have a person with you. It's another thing to have God with you. Um, and you say, okay, so how, do, how does that work? Like what's the, uh, the mechanism for that to happen? That's what the Holy Spirit does. Okay, the Holy Spirit is God's presence with us. John 16, 7, this is Jesus talking again. He says, very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The advocate is the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus said, listen, my physical body won't be here anymore, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit that is going to be the presence that encourages you, that gives you boldness. See, and and I'm going to read... Judas Smith says it this way. He says, God is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Jesus declares, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear any evil, for he is with you. And if he is with you, he is for you. He's not going to walk with you and be against you. That wouldn't make any sense, right? So like, imagine there's like a battle. Reminds me of of Anchorman. Anybody here seen Anchorman? Most of y'all haven't. That's probably a good thing. Um, but Anchorman, there's one scene where the the, the the two news teams are arguing, right, and they're, like, against each other. And at one point they're talking trash, and you realize that the guy from this team is over on this side, and they're like, dude, c- come back to your side. That'd be weird if God was like, I'm going to go with you, but I'm for the other team, right? That'd be strange. But he doesn't. God's like, don't worry. I'm with you. I'm on your side. As long as you're in my will, you've got it. I, we, we have this. You know, we sang – uh, we just It caught me during, during the song that we were singing, um, during Everby. The second verse says, uh, you shoulder our weakness, your strength becomes our own. That's exactly what, what we're talking about. We have the power of God on our side, and he hasn't left us alone to try and do this life or to try and live a Christian life. We allow his strength to fill us up. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about how we share in God's authority. All right? And so I want you to think about this. I'm going to take the metaphor a little further. No, no cheesy music tonight. No, I've got the power of music, but I'm glad you remembered that. Uh, no, we don't have I Got the Power this week. But if a, uh, imagine you're in class and like a student comes in. All right? And they've got a little piece of paper from the office and they say, Hey, um, the principal wants to see this student. That little paper says, the principal has given me authority to bring this student to the office, right? That's one thing. And you guys have probably all seen that, right? We've all seen that where a student comes in and says, hey, I've got this. But if the student comes in and the principal's right with him, then you know what's up, right? Then you know, oh, oh, dang, it's, whatever it is, it's bad because the principal himself came down. And that's what we have. Not only do we have God's authority, we have God with us. So it's like, hey, not only do... Not only do I have this note from God or whatever, you know, this, this authority from God, but I've got God's presence with me, which gives me even more power to let God do what he's going to do. Because in that same situation, the kid really doesn't have that much to do. He's going to let the principal do it, right? Because the principals want the authority. It's the same thing for us, that we have this opportunity to just allow God to work like he's going to work because his presence is with us. I got one last uh, metaphor or illustration for you. Remember when you you were a little kid and you're in the swimming pool and you're like real young. You're not quite, you you got your floaties on maybe still. Um, And you're standing at the edge of the pool, right, but you're afraid to jump in. Anybody, you've seen that? You remember that? Maybe you have little brothers and siblings. Like, you know, um, what did your parents or whoever was with you, what did they always say? Push them? Okay, let me rephrase. That's awesome. <laughs> your parents are like mine. I don't. Yeah, I learned how to swim real young. But so, like, let me let me set it up a little better. Then, when you're on the edge and your parent is in the pool trying to get you to jump in in with them, what do they always say? I'll catch you. Come to me. I'm right here. Right. That's God. Say what? I got you, fam. Exactly. Dad said, "I got you, fam. It's all good." That's exactly what we're at. You know, that's the situation here. We have, we have God saying, go ahead. Try that new thing. Talk to that person you don't know. I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you. I've got you. And you don't have to worry about, you know what? Because as awesome as it is to have the people and our church body, you know, as awesome as that is, we're imperfect and we screw up. And, you know, the people around you are going to let you down sometimes. But God doesn't. So even when those people let us down, God still has us, and He's got us in you know he's got He's got our best interests in mind, and it's so cool. So God has given us this this task of, okay, go tell people about me. And then he said, "Here, you got this church family with you. You got my authority, and you got me with you. So we don't have really any excuse not to go be to to go do that. And you know, this is also a cool illustration of how we do that because Jesus's story is a story of of relationship if you read through the gospels we see continually over and over and over Jesus didn't just yell at people he didn't know sometimes he did but most of the time he didn't okay think about the story of Zacchaeus you guys remember the song Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he he sat up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Right? Maybe we learned different versions of it. To see what he could see? Okay. Yeah. Zacchaeus, you come down. Now, I love this because Jesus said, dude, come down. We're going to eat. Right. He didn't say it exactly. He said, I'm going to your house for dinner. I'm coming to your house. But he said he didn't say Zacchaeus, you're evil. You need to repay everybody all the money you stole, which is what Zacchaeus ended up doing. But he said, Zacchaeus, let's go eat, dog. Right. And so he did it by being he. Jesus affected Zacchaeus by being with Zacchaeus. He didn't affect him by yelling at him. And so it's not our job necessarily to just, you know, Get on to the people we're trying to 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 show Jesus to. In fact, I was thinking about this as it relates to another message I'm going to preach in a few weeks. But you know, there's a scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians nine, I think, um, and basically it says, "Don't judge non-Christians for acting like non-Christians." Right? People get mad. Uh, one pastor, Perry Noble, I know, he he talks about. He's like, "I don't get why people, why Christians get mad at Disney for acting." Like, it's like, they're not Christians. Why do we expect them to act like Christians? What we have to do is build a relationship with and be with them just like God is with us. If we are with people and we have the opportunity to build relationship with them, then we can speak into their lives and then we can bring them to church and then the Holy Spirit can work in their lives and, and, and draw them closer to Jesus. It's not my job to go to every non-Christian I know and say, hey, you better get saved, you know, turn or burn, right? That doesn't. That hasn't helped. I, I really don't think that's that has convinced many people. I mean, it can, but ask most people what they think of Westboro Baptist Church nowadays. All Westboro does is yell at people. But when we begin to uh, build relationship with people and, and be with them, then we have the opportunity to love them. And that's how we're going to draw people into the church and into Jesus. Just like Jesus loved us and is with us, we want to do the same for people. So for the past several weeks, we've been talking about how to reach people and the tools that God has given us to do so. I want you to think about uh, who you know that doesn't know Jesus. And I do this a lot. That's because I want it to stay in your head. I don't want you to forget. I want you to think about somebody you know, especially now you guys got several weeks of class under your belt, you're getting to know new classmates, you're getting to know people that you're sitting around who maybe you didn't know before. I want you to think about those people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray over you guys, but, but I want you to think about how you can be intentional about building relationship with them. How you can just be with them. Maybe they got something going on in their life and they need a friend. Maybe they got something good going on and they need someone to celebrate with them. You ever had good news and no one to tell it to? It's kind of lame. Maybe they need someone to, to help them out. You know, they need a the shoulder to cry on. But over the next several weeks, tonight's the end of this particular series, but we're gonna begin you know talking about and thinking about practical ways that we can reach people and we can bring them into a Jesus conversation we can bring uh, them into the love that Jesus has for them so you right now I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads and begin thinking about and praying for the people you know that don't need Jesus I'm going to say a prayer for you guys and then we're going to move on with our night and and have a little celebration time and fun of our own but uh But I want you to begin praying for that person right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for these students right now. God, every one of them who's here and they're thinking about somebody they know who doesn't know you. And I want you to, um, God, I just want you to bless them. God, I pray that you would give them courage, Lord, when when that time comes and they're presented with an opportunity to talk to somebody about you or to begin to build a relationship with you, I want them, God, let them know that they're not alone. Lord, in that moment, let your spirit overwhelm them, God, even in school in class or wherever they may be, Lord, that... God, that your spirit would just be a presence and they would feel it and say, you know what? That's the authority I've got is the authority of Jesus to, to speak to people. And so, God, I pray that you would, uh, God, just give us a boldness. Give us the, uh, the courage to, to do the things you've called us to do, to let the world know about you, to invite them to first priority or to invite them to church. God, if they don't have a relationship with you right now. Maybe there's somebody in here who doesn't. God, I pray that even now in their seat, they would begin that. God, that they would there's no fancy prayer, there's no magic words, God. They just have to pray and ask ask to ask you for a relationship. God, I pray that you would give all of us boldness Every other school that I didn't know or, or forgot, God, I pray that we would uh, have an impact on those campuses, not for our name, not for Chosen Ten Youth, not for Pastor Tony, God, but for the name of Jesus, that that name would be made famous, God. God, we praise you and we love you.